The cyclical nature of a woman is fascinating, complex, complicated, with many different moving parts. And in today's episode, I am talking with Dr. Leah Gordon, a dear friend who's also a naturopathic doctor. She specializes in women's health, all things related to natural fertility. And she gives so much important, valuable information today and how to approach our bodies as women when it comes to our cycle, our periods, our emotions, and our hormones. The analogy that Dr. Gordon Light lays out will completely change the way you view your mind, body, and spirit connection. Are you in a season where you're longing for more, desiring inner peace, hoping for more authenticity in relationships? Perhaps you're feeling unsettled inside, like you know that God is calling you deeper, higher, and further than you've ever gone before. You are ready for change and it's time for something to shift. But what is it? What's been missing? My name is Amber Todd. I am a Christian counselor, and I believe that you were never meant to live a disconnected, segmented life. You were created for connection, deep, authentic, healing connection. First, within yourself, because your mental, physical, and spiritual health is interconnected. This is why I love collaborating with doctors and like-minded holistic practitioners who honor God's design for our whole being to function and operate in harmony. Life Interconnected Podcast is an intentional space you can come to every week to receive encouragement, hope, and a fresh perspective on your internal world so that you better understand your thoughts and emotions and how to live a connected life. Join this movement of mindful believers who desire to grow in our faith and cultivate a holistic approach to health and wellness. Subscribe to the podcast today and share it with your friends. Welcome to Life Interconnected. Hi, Leah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I am honored to have you because, well, first of all, I've just learned so much from you. Like you are... Mm -hmm just an incredible doctor. You're an incredible human being who has so much compassion and wisdom and empathy for women in all different seasons of life. And so thank you for being here today and for giving us your time and expertise. Yes. Oh, well, I feel honored to have ever met you. You're such a joy in my life and such a, a beautiful soul that I feel honored to not only know you, but to now share more information and, and knowledge with your community. It's very exciting. Yes, I appreciate that. And I know about your background and your story, <laughs> but I would love for our audience just to hear a little bit more about your path to becoming a naturopathic doctor and also what inspired you to start Womanhood Wellness. Yeah. So there's a lot of parts and pieces to share and tell, but I'll try to give an abbreviated version. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually introduced to an integrative way of looking at the body when I was really young. I worked at an alternative spinal rehab clinic when I was 13. And we basically were all, all were an alternative for people who were told back surgery was their only option. And instead I saw them heal through diet, lifestyle, chiropractic, physical therapy, a bunch of unique treatments that not only resulted in people not needing back surgery, but also completely changed their life for the better and change their entire families. I mean, it just, it was an incredibly inspiring place to have my early paradigms formed in my life. And it was at an early age that I, I saw that what 
was told to the average person in the mainstream world wasn't always the whole picture and that there was always a lot more going on. And so I had some paradigm shifts at a very early age, which led me to the path that I chose in being a doctor. I always knew from that experience working with patients that I really wanted to be a doctor and to help people find the root cause and to help them really change their lifestyle so that they could, you know, be the best version of themselves, live out their dream, their purpose, have their families, whatever it is that they wanted. And I was shown naturopathic medicine at that early age and everyone discouraged me from going down that path because they didn't understand it. But I did my due diligence and researched every type of healing modality. I shouted all sorts of types of doctors and looked at the curriculum at different universities. And although everyone wanted me to be an MD and I very well could have been, my heart was with naturopathic medicine. And that's what I ended up choosing. And I'm so grateful that I did. And then what I specialize in within this field is women's health, particularly hormones and fertility. And a lot of that was sprung out of my own personal journey, dealing with hormone issues, issues with birth control, uh, fertility issues, actually male factor infertility with my husband. We navigated that for six years before having to go through IVF to conceive our, our child. And I've just been through the ringer with painful intercourse and low libido and all sorts of things that have really rocked me to my core and have encourage me to heal and find ways of my own healing that have ultimately been probably one of the greatest gifts that I've been able to give my patients and my community. Um, because I just understand on a deep level, a lot of these things that I've had to do, you know, years of education and training and also, you know, my own work in my own lifestyle changes and my own, you know, trauma release. Like there's so many things that I have done personally and, now I just feel very passionate about sharing what I've learned, what I know with others to maybe help them on their journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, I'm privileged to have a front row seat of that. And to see you, you are so intentional about how you've gone through this process and to see the excellence of the balance being wise and discerning and methodical, but also I see you be really intuitive with, with the feminine nature and the way that you're led in how you do your practice in your Mm -hmm. business. And I think just hearing that background and, and kind of how your journey has unfolded and understanding the integrative component of medicine and of health is just so essential in how we approach any of these topics. And one of my favorite things about you is I feel like you take things that are really complex and complicated Mm -hmm. and you just make it really simple and digestible for people where it doesn't feel overwhelming. And so I'd love for you to share with us, how do you view the mind, body, spirit connection, especially as we're starting to dive into some of these topics with women's health? Yeah. It's so funny when you asked me this question, I really like meditated on it and you're right. I kind of have this balance between this like scientific, you know, methodical mind and also this more feminine nature. And I love to speak in analogies. Not everybody learns that way, but for those that do, this really came to me and I wanted to share it. I'm sure there are versions of this out there. I've never heard it like this, but um, how I see it is imagine your existence here on the earth right now, like a company, (laughs) like a corporation. Let's mm-hmm. call it We Live. If you've seen the movie We Work, that was a, mm-hmm. a company. It was like a, a, a co-work space. So think of this company called We Live, okay? 
and your spirit is the boss. They're the big boss. And they're the boss of the company, but just like bosses of CEOs, they have a connection to this like upper, upper knowing, this connection of like higher intelligence that maybe mm-hmm. as a worker you would never understand. And that's like God and universe and source, right? So the spirit mm-hmm. is like an offshoot of this larger thing. Mm-hmm. But they're the boss of your little company. We live. Mm-hmm. And this company consists of hundreds, thousands of workers that are all independent. And think of those as your cells. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your cells in your body are these little workers that have independent little beings and and functions and everything, just like people in a company. And they all work tirelessly. It is their sole mission to allow the company to thrive. And that mission of that company is to live out the purpose and the passions of the spirit right? Mm-hmm. Of the boss who started this company. And they work independently and they also work in groups, in departments. So when you think of a company, think of a department. And we call those in the body organs. So there's the heart department and there's the uterus department and the liver mm-hmm. department. And all of these cells work together in these groups, but they're all interconnected. It's one giant company, right? Even though there's departments within it. And then there's a big important part of the company that are messengers. Because this company is so big, there have to be mail and communication sent constantly. So in a company, that could be email, that could be physical people moving around, delivering mail to the different departments, to to upper management, to everyone in the whole system. And those people in the company are hormones. Hormones are the messengers they are the ones delivering the information all day, every day to allow this company to work and and function. Now, management, the people in charge of all of these departments and all of the people is your mind. Hmm. And your mind is separate from your spirit because spirit is the boss. Your mind is the one who's been tasked with kind of leading the group. They are the ones who kind of steer the ship and dictate where it goes. And there's actually two major managers in the mind department, and that's your subconscious and your conscious mind. Mm -hmm. And the conscious mind, both of them, just like some managers and companies, they sort of think they're the boss. They're not the boss, (laughs) but they sort of act that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. And just like in a company, the the personality, the traits, the the energetic nature of the bot or of the manager can really influence the company as a whole. So if you have a really nasty boss or a very negative boss or brings a lot of, you know, negative morale, the the body or the workers or the company is going to reflect in that. Versus if you have a very positive manager, it's the one that's very encouraging and and has a lot of different uh, understandings and, and really sees the concerns of the workers and takes that into heart and really tries to make changes overall, that company is going to thrive. And the same thing goes for the body. When Mm -hmm. our mind is really in coherence with our body, when the manager is really paying attention and respecting all of the workers doing their job and sees how hard they're working and, and really honors that, the company as a whole thrives. And the more that the manager, the mind manager, connects with the boss 
the spirit and the more that they are in coherence with each other, the more that the manager is really playing out the wishes of, of the boss of the spirit, the better it all flows as well. You know, when mm-hmm. the, when the manager tries to do things on their own and kind of take it in their own regard and they, they aren't meditating, they aren't praying, they aren't connecting to their spirit or to a higher source, then things tend to be less ideal than when you really are connected and they are all three separate, right? Mm-hmm. The company and the workers, the body, the mind, and the managers and the boss, the spirit are three separate entities, but they are so interwoven and connected and every action of each one influences the other. And the more that we are in coherence and in connection as, as the three, the better everything is. Mm. And so I know today we're talking about a woman's cycle. And so before you ask the next question, I just want to tie this analogy back into that. So if we think about this company, we live, there are lots of departments, right? We have to have our heart to keep us alive and we have to have our liver to process things. A big, important job of this company, like I said, the company of our body, we live, allows us to play out the passions and purpose of our spirit, of why we are here. And the way we are designed is that it is a big part of our job as women that we have workers tirelessly every single month doing a cyclical orchestra that involves lots of workers, lots of cells, lots of organs, lots of hormones to allow us the opportunity to create life. Mm. Now, whether we choose to do that is our choice and ultimately up to spirit and our mind and our actions. Mm -hmm. But the job of our company is to allow us to have the opportunity to do so in any given month for a large majority of our life as women. Mm -hmm. And that is why we have a monthly cycle because our monthly cycle and our periods are the consequence or the, the the option or the choice that we have set up every single month to give us the option. And it is our job to honor that and to support that whether we want to create life in any given month or ever or not. So I just wanted to, to highlight that with the analogy that that's a big department and it interacts with a lot of other departments And it ultimately exists for us to have that choice if creating life is what is, you know, in our passion or our purpose and that, Mm. and that time or in our lifetime. That is such a powerful analogy. As you were showing that, I'm like, this should be a book. Like what you just said, we could just (laughs) sit on for like five hours because. I know. And maybe I will write it in a book. I have so many ideas for books. It's like insane. All I I want to do is write books. We have to pace ourselves. We have to pace ourselves. I know. I mean, Leah, that's so profound. And it's it's so insightful to the in, intricate and interconnected nature of our design. And I think that's what can be, like when we think about traditional approach of Western medicine, that's the piece is missing because it's each specialty is looking at one part of us. And not truly considering all the parts of us. And that's why I love naturopathic medicine so much because you, I mean, you've said to me before, like you literally have to learn every body system to be able to do Mm -hmm. what you do. I mean, 
Naturopathic doctors, you guys, little inside information, if you can't tell, are some of the most brilliant doctors (laughs) because they know everything about all of our systems because Mm -hmm. they're treating you as a whole person. And to hear you connect that with our cycle and even just coming back to the basics of why we even have a cycle, that the analogy of the different moving parts and the orchestra of it all, I mean, so many times as women, we can have this negative you know, view of this part of us and, and sort of, um, I think we lack appreciation and true awe and wonder of how we were designed. So talk us through like, what are the foundational components of a woman's cycle? Because I know it really is complex and incredible, even within that department. Yes, it is. It is a complex department in my mind. Like I think in analogies a lot and I just, I see this like really busy, workplace where everyone's like rushing around and they're doing all these things. And there's little messenger ladies who are like, you know, delivering papers to all the desks. And like, there's a lot happening in our bodies all the time. And our cycle is probably one of the most complex things you could ever imagine. And yes, beating our heart is really crazy. And our skeletal muscles, honestly, it's all really crazy. But our cycle is so delicate It's powerful and it's delicate because it involves so much on the correct messengers doing their job and delivering the right information. And so what is it that they're even trying to coordinate? Well, our cycle for a woman who has balanced hormones in the period between, you know, menarche when you get your first period and menopause when you stop getting periods in that time period for a woman from her teenage years to her, you know, 40s to 50s typically every single month, there is a hormonal orchestra that happens that creates the first phase of our cycle, which to me is counterintuitive, but this is just how we talk about it, which is the menstrual phase, which is when you bleed. Mm -hmm. Technically, that's the end, but we think of it as the beginning because we have a marker as people to just be like, oh, you're bleeding. So this is day one of your cycle, right? Is the first day that you bleed. So we have the menstrual phase where you're bleeding. And then we have the follicular phase where there's a ramp up and a building and a development of the follicles in your ovaries to start to prepare for ovulation. Ovulation is when you have the potential to become pregnant. When you drop an or burst an egg out of your your ovary and if it meets with sperm, you could become pregnant. So the follicular phase is all about growing and developing follicles where one becomes dominant And that is the thing that is, or that is the the egg that becomes ovulated. So we go from the the menstrual phase where everything is quiet and we are shedding our lining to the building phase of the follicular phase to then the ovulatory phase. And this is when the body actually prepares. It's a very complex process of hormones being released from the brain that go to the ovary to basically say, okay, guys, we're ready, you know, let it, let it go. And it, you know, your little egg bursts out of the, the ovary during the follicular or during the ovulatory phase. And then we sit and wait. If you have intercourse and sperm comes in contact with the egg, then you could become pregnant. And that goes down the path of pregnancy. If you do not become pregnant, then you move into the luteal phase. And it's at this time when, again, the body's waiting to see, were you pregnant or not? And if not, basically there's a a hormone that was secreted when you ovulated around the outside of your egg called your corpus luteum that makes a hormone called progesterone. Mm -hmm. 
And this corpus luteum sticks around for about two weeks. If you haven't become pregnant, it starts to degrade and it degrades so much to the point where that progesterone eventually drops and the body gets the signal, hey, there was no pregnancy this month, no need to go to pregnancy mode. We are back and just like, it was a false alarm, you know, we're not pregnant. So about two weeks later, after the luteal phase is over, that progesterone drops and that's what causes you to bleed again. And then you're back into the menstrual phase and that is your period. Mm-hmm. So basically this bleed, build, ovulate, wait and see, and then degrade and, and bleed again happens every single month. And that is our monthly cycle. A lot of women only see or experience the, the menstrual phase, which is our period. But our period gives us so many clues about what's going on in our body and what that whole orchestra is doing the three months or the three weeks prior. Uh, so it's really a fascinating process. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's so many different pieces of it. And as you said, women probably have a wide variety of cycles and experiences. And obviously doing what you do, you see all of the the issues and the reasons, the pain points of why a woman is seeking out your guidance, because whether it's, you know, you know, infertility, irregular cycles, like there's probably lots of different clues as mm-hmm. to there's something wrong in the system. Well, mm-hmm. how, what language would you put to it? Like when a woman, like, how does she know that her system is not functioning as it should be? Yeah, it's a good question. So back to analogies, say we're going to go back to our, we live corporation symptoms are when a person feels off, when they are in pain, when they are tired, when they don't have energy, when there is something bothering them, when something doesn't feel in alignment, when there is some dis-ease, when there is some discomfort, when there is something off, that is a symptom. A symptom is your body's language. It is how your body gets the attention of your mind, the managers of the company, and your spirit, the boss. Mm -hmm. And just like in a company, imagine the workers are upset. There's something going on. You're eating a bunch of ice cream, little mind. You have chosen to eat ice cream every night. And we here in the uterus department find that to be very inflammatory. And a bunch of us down here are really struggling because you're choosing to eat ice cream every day, we have a lot of like stuff happening. You know, we've got fires going on in our department. We've got all sorts of stuff. And so we need to get your attention to get you to maybe start, you know, checking on the ice cream. Mm -hmm. So the attention we're going to give you is you're going to have a lot of pain when your period comes because this inflammation that is happening in here is we're going to make it painful so that you pay attention to us because the only way that our brain and our uh, the managers can pay attention to an issue in a department of our body is a symptom. Okay. So if there's something that you notice, there is some reality of like very slight discomfort potentially that could come with your period. But if you have pain or it is to the point where you can't live your life, there's something wrong. If you don't have your period that comes on time every month, we are cyclical beings. This process 
should be happening cyclically with about the same time every month, with about the same symptoms every phase. If that is not happening, if you're having bleeding in between periods, if you're having irregular cycles, meaning one time your period comes after 30 days, the next time it's after 45 days, sometimes you've spent three months. If you're having severe acne or hair growth in places it shouldn't, like we shouldn't have hair on our chin as women. If that's happening, that's a symptom. The skin department is saying, hey, something's wrong. So I'm going to grow hair on your chin to get your attention. Or something's wrong. You're going to have cystic acne so that you start paying attention to me. Um, so anything that is in your skin, in your hair, in your mind, if you're having brain fog or you know hair brittleness or hair loss or uh, severe mood issues, if you're incredibly anxious, incredibly depressed, incredibly irritable, that's a symptom. There's something going on. And so what we say to that is, okay, body, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. My job as my brain, my manager's job is to now start to figure out what is causing that. What is the root cause of that in that department or in the whole company? Maybe it's a whole company thing, you know, eating ice cream affects the whole company because Mm -hmm. anything you eat affects every department. It might be the period department that is getting the most attention, but know that if inflammation is happening, a lot of departments are suffering. So basically a woman if you, it's so funny. If you don't notice your body, there's two things. Either you're not self-aware or there's nothing wrong, right? So it's typically when people are noticing things when there's an issue, because most people don't wake up and say, wow, I'm like so hyper-focused on the fact that I feel so good. I mean, unless you felt bad, you might notice that. It's typically people pay attention to when they are suffering. Yeah. That's so true. And I, I love that analogy of, you know, what is your body speaking? I talk about that all the time in the podcast, Mm -hmm. the, the, the language of your body, um, that's that we, we shouldn't just chalk up symptoms like as just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. Mm -hmm. And this is where I, I, I get passionate about this specifically around the emotional roller coaster that we as women face as a counselor, I have women come in here and it's like, they're, you know, they carry shame about their emotional experience of like, I don't know why I keep blowing up at my husband or I'm so Mm -hmm. irritable with my kids or I feel so overwhelmed, but they're not conscious of this orchestra happening. Mm -hmm. And so can you speak to that? Just sort of like, what about specifically our emotions and our, our thoughts and how those are impacted by our cycle? Yeah. So I mentioned the hormones and how they're the Mm -hmm. messengers and Mm -hmm. They are very important because they really dictate not only what happens in the body physically, how the body feels, but also how you, how your mind feels, right? Your emotions. And there is a level of normal emotional shifts throughout each phase of the cycle, which I'll get to. And then there's a level that is abnormal that I would say is a sign or a symptom that there's an imbalance. And I'll give some examples. So for example, let's start with the menstrual phase because that's the beginning. It's at this time that your hormones have dropped. They are very low. This is why you bleed because the hormones holding up the dam of your uterus are now dropped. So that dam can't be held up anymore. And so the, the blood comes rushing out. Okay. 
So this is a time when your hormones are like taking a break. This is vacation for your hormones. And a lot of your hormones give you energy and make you feel good and give you, you know, oomph for life. And so it is not surprising that women often feel very low and very tired and calm and just like not wanting to do much of anything during their period. That is normal and it's intentional because this is a time that you are meant to rest, to nourish your body because you are bleeding out tissue and electrolytes and minerals and all sorts of things. It's just part of the process of of how we as women are because we have the gift of giving life. And so this is intended for a time to slow down. When we don't listen to that as women and we push ourselves and we try to go to the, you know, hit training during our period or we try to work extra hard and you know, go to a bunch of parties or go out, you know, during our period, we are going to pay the price for that and our body is going to let us know. So that could show up with irritability, exhaustion, overwhelm, anxiety, all sorts of things if we're not honoring that. Mm-hmm. The normal phase of follicular time after your period is a building and the predominant hormones that are present are estrogen, which helps to grow your follicles and testosterone. Estrogen, it makes you feel really good. It's a very social hormone. You feel very connected. Testosterone makes you feel very confident, very motivated, have lots of energy. And so it's at this time, the week after your period, that your hormones are positioned just right, that you are actually in a really good place to have social gatherings, go do the social exercise class, go lift weights, you know, do a job interview, go on a date. Like you're already positioned very well to this time. And I think a lot of women kind of get an oomph of that. Maybe they come out of their period and all of a sudden they have more energy and they feel so good and they're really stoked. And we think as women that we can just keep that going forever. However, there is a time and a place. Our body is designed hormonally for that to happen for a few days, a week, maybe a little bit more than a week as we ramp up for ovulation. This is the time when we have the highest sex drive because nature wants us to have sex. We can have a baby. And so everything's feeling pretty good. Mm -hmm. Where I see people have the most struggle is once we have an ovulation and we shift into the luteal phase. We as women think this can just keep going. We can keep working hard and keep exercising as hard as we were and keep having a sex drive and all of these things. And we get very frustrated when it doesn't happen because what happens after ovulation is that surge in estrogen, that surge in testosterone are gone. We now have progesterone. Progesterone, again, is the hormone that we make from the follicle on the outside of the egg that we ovulated. And progesterone is a calming and a chill hormone. And it is positioned to allow us to reflect on our life. There is a possibility that we could be pregnant. You know, the body doesn't know. It's it's like, did you have sex or not? I don't know. The jury's out. <laughs> yeah, the jury's out. And so progesterone is positioned to make us more reflective, to yeah. evaluate our life, our environment, what's going on. It is a survival mechanism for us as women in this time to say, are the people I'm around safe? Am I stressed to the point of like my child might not survive if I don't change things? You know, am I resting enough? Like what's happening? And so 
when progesterone is there, it makes us reflective. And a lot of times women will find that things that are not in alignment with their life become much louder and bigger at this time. So some women will get way more irritable at their boss, maybe because their boss really pisses them off, but they can hold it together at the beginning of their cycle, but not once progesterone's around. <laughs> oh. Or, you know, they don't want to have sex because their hormones aren't in that situation. And so they might get really frustrated. So there's a piece to progesterone itself, wanting you to go inward, wanting you to be calm. And when you're being asked externally to not do that, to not rest, to not go inward and to be go, go, go and on, you know, the move, like a lot of women are all the time, they end up suffering and have stress and they snap and they have irritability and all of this stuff. The other piece is sometimes women don't have enough progesterone because of their lifestyle and different pieces of how their eggs develop, their progesterone might not be strong enough. And mm -hmm. so in that second half of their cycle, when progesterone should be there to calm them down and calm down their anxiety and help them feel good and calm, they're lacking progesterone. And so they are an anxious wreck. They're having panic attacks. They're depressed. There's all sorts of crazy, you know, the classic PMS symptoms are often from low progesterone mm -hmm. or sh like uh, irregular hormonal rhythms. So there can be an element of normal in the hormonal mood changes that happen. And then there's that element of abnormal, like I said, if your hormones are imbalanced. And all of it leads up to, again, this calming time, this time of reflection. And then again, back to your period where you need to rest and be calm. And if we live our life following those four distinct phases, we are often in much more harmony and don't suffer as much versus if we continue to push, continue to think that we can do the same thing every single day of our cycle, that we pay the consequences. And often it is in severe mood challenges. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I hear the loud and clear message is that let's work with our bodies and not against them. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's live in alignment with our design and not work against how it was created. Mm -hmm. And I think when I think about the soul being your mind, will, and emotions, like it's that the willpower is what comes into play when we as women, especially want to bypass that because of either we live in a patriarchal society, mm -hmm. it's that masculine 24 hour, like just trajectory that we should always just go up, up, up. Mm -hmm. And, and I, as you were talking, I even just started thinking like how many marriages have fallen apart because of the lack of this awareness, hundred percent. Like how many men get offended because it feels like their wife doesn't want sex when maybe she's mm -hmm. just in this introspective slowing down phase. And totally. then we chalk it up as like, Oh, I guess I just don't have any libido. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. maybe there's a factor there, but like, maybe you're actually just not aware mm -hmm. of the cyclical nature of where you're at in your cycle. Yeah. hundred percent. And then I think as a counselor, like I see the relational effects of that mm -hmm. and how devastating that is. To not yeah. have this information. I mean, yeah. And, you know, even in realms of normal, like I used to have severe hormonal imbalances, severe hormonal things. Now my cycle is very even keel. I can feel the slight changes in each cycle, but it's not to the point of extreme. However, the other day, gosh, I was so irritable and I was snapping at my husband and that's very rare for me. And he just looked at me and was like, what is going on? But I know exactly where I'm in my cycle. And I'm like, honey, I'm two days from my period. So give me some grace because this is 
there is something happening. I can't tell you exactly what. Is it that my testosterone just surged or my progesterone just dropped? Or I don't know, but I know the way that the cycle works. I know something's happening right now. I have had a drop in something or a surge in something because I know I'm about to get my period. And so both of us are confused. I'm not yelling at you because of anything. That's not your fault. Just we both need to give ourselves grace. And it was like a total non-issue. I didn't make myself wrong for having that emotion. I knew that it was hormonal because there was no other, you know, reason for it. He understood where I was in my cycle. And so he didn't get, take it personally. And it was just like, versus if I didn't know where I was in my cycle or what these things could have done, it's like, it could have turned into a whole thing and it just didn't. And and then it passed and, you know, I'm bleeding today and it is what it is. And it's just, it's fine. And so I think the more that we can understand our bodies and really ask them the question and give them grace of like, clearly something's up, you know, let me give you some space. Like clearly you're being asked to do too much right now, which is probably why I was irritable. Yeah, I was being asked to do too much in my external world for where I was in my cycle. My hormones yeah. reared your ugly head and said, you need to slow down because you can't juggle all of these things that you did two weeks ago. And the reason why you're getting irritable is because your body is, uh, my body's telling me I need to chill and slow down and go take some time. Yeah. Which is really hard for women like us who mm-hmm. are visionaries and we think we can handle a lot at once. Mm-hmm. And normally, let's say when we're in that phase of our cycle, that our energy is high and we're, you know, have that trajectory that it works. But then we expect ourselves to do that during the other, you know, two weeks mm-hmm. of the month. And that's when, you know, I, you, all those symptoms come up of like, like you're saying, like, am I listening to what my body's saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you think with that? What What is often misunderstood about our periods? Or what do you wish that more women knew in light of these foundational things? I think if we as women were taught at a very young age, right around the time we get our period and, and the few years after that our periods are our superpower, that they're a gift that we were given for the ability to create life. And that's unique to us and so special. And there's a lot of things that we get to do as women to keep ourselves in balance because the the creative force is very strong and it wants us to have this ability so badly that you can deny it. You can try to push it away. You can do all of these things, but that will only cause suffering. So the more that we learn to live in harmony with our cycle and with our periods, the happier we will be, the better we will be in our life. And to teach women, one, to look at their periods and know what the period is telling them, you know, that an extremely Mm -hmm. heavy period can mean that your estrogen is too high. And what does that mean? And how do we help that naturally? What dietary changes could you make? What lifestyle things could you change? Because your Mm -hmm. heavy period is telling me this thing, or you get cystic acne around your period. What is that saying? What does that mean? That means inflammation. That could mean high testosterone. What does that mean? And what tools can you learn as a woman to help yourself? Yeah. How do we look at our period as our fifth vital sign as it is, you know? If someone feels their pulse and they're like, oh my God, my heart rate is really racing. People all of a sudden know like something might be wrong. I might be anxious. Something might be going on with my heart. You know, we as women should learn how to look at our periods and assess from Mm -hmm. that. 
what's happening and given and receive the tools on how to, how to do that, which I actually have a course on this exact thing. If you're like, how do we do it? Um, But that I think, and to just honor and respect our periods, honor and respect our bodies to not see them as something shameful, but instead amazing and to not see them as something annoying, but instead how, how can I use you as a pulse on my life and my health? And how can I get back into alignment with that so that my life experience is very different, you know, Mm -hmm. is, is optimal. Yeah. This, this information is so empowering because I, I feel like, well, one, we're not taught this as, as little girls. And, and I think, you know, the, it can be overwhelming, right? All the, these different parts of it. We want, oftentimes we want a quick fix or we're just feeling, you know, we want a doctor to just give us something that just like makes it all better. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what happened to me at 16, mm-hmm. having irregular periods and being put on birth control. Can you speak to that? Because I feel like so many women are on birth control for lots of different reasons, but it's sort mm-hmm. of like seen in Western medicine as, Oh, let's fix your period. Here's this pill. Yeah. I know you're really passionate about this. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. So hormonal birth control is so interesting because birth control initially was invented for contraception, which is the prevention of pregnancy. However, in the pursuit of making a hormonal birth control, they figured out, oh, if we give women these external synthetic hormones symptoms, quote unquote, go away. However, (laughs) that isn't true. When you take synthetic hormones, what happens, imagine this beautiful company we live again with the department of the uterus and the ovaries and the whole, you know, orchestra of our cycle every month. Taking hormonal birth control basically just comes in and hijacks that whole system. It basically shuts it off. It's like having someone come in and shut down a department in a business and say, oh, you know, we're an external department from China. You know, we're going to come in and like, you don't manufacture this anymore. Like we're taking over. And so this department's like, what? And so, you know, they let a bunch of people off. They're not doing stuff anymore. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. like that part of your body doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of issues that can come along with that. Yes. Can it stop you from getting pregnant? Yes. Because you've stopped this beautiful hormonal orchestra that happens every month that allows for that. But it also stops a lot of other very important things that that hormonal orchestra allowed for that don't just have to do with having a baby. It's your entire being as a woman is impacted by this hormonal orchestra that happens every month. So when you give hormonal birth control to quote unquote, solve period problems, you are not solving the problem. You are just hijacking the system and shutting the system down. For example, let's say someone has irregular periods and acne from PCOS. Okay. This is a very classic example of a woman being put on birth control as a teenager. Let's say they have PCOS though, because of toxin exposure, imbalanced blood sugar, poor diet, insulin issues, things that they could impact with their lifestyle and their diet. Okay. That's why that's the root cause of it. But instead they're just given a pill to shut down that system. 
Now they might think, oh my gosh, you solved my problems. I have a regular period. It's no longer regular. It's a medical bleed. You just stop taking pills for a week and your body bleeds medically. It's not a real period. And you don't have acne because you're not making your own hormones anymore. So women think that they've solved the problem. But then let's say five years later, they want to have a baby. They're ready to start their family. And so they stop the pill and they think that they've had a regular period and that things are going good until they realize, oh my gosh, you didn't help me at all. You just hijacked my system. And now I'm trying to turn that department back on so that I can have a baby. And that department laid off a bunch of people. We never addressed the problem. We now have raging you know, acne, because you never address the insulin issue or the blood sugar issue or the toxins or any of the things that led to PCOS in the first place. And now I'm trying to have a baby in this dysfunctional system. And I can't because instead of that doctor saying, Hey girl, in your teenage years, let's change your diet. Let's learn how to balance your blood sugar. Let's get rid of all these toxins that you're putting all over your body and you know, let's teach you how to, uh, you know, balance your microbiome and to live in, in harmony with your body. They weren't given any of that support. They were given a pill that depleted their nutrients, turned off their hormonal system. And now we want it to start back up again and be functioning enough to have a baby. And the body's like, no way. And so this poor woman is now experiencing infertility through PCOS and is being shuttled down the broken fertility system that I know very well. And mm-hmm. it just, I just want to shake the whole world to be like, what are you doing? You know, there is a time and a place for hormonal birth control. I'm a doctor. I recognize that. But we use it as a blanket cure-all pill for hormonal and period problems. And it is not helping women, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, if you if someone was to the point of suicide because their acne was so bad, which exists 100%, start them on the hormonal birth control pill and work on all of the root cause things at the same time. But women yeah. are being very, women are just getting screwed on every level of this whole system. And, you know, I think birth control has created an illusion of helping women. And in fact, I think it is hurting them. Yeah. I mean, it makes me emotional. Like I could cry right now if I let myself <laughs> because- I feel robbed. Mm-hmm. Like I feel deceived. A hundred percent. I birth I when I, like I was. My, it's that naivety was I was taken advantage of, probably by well-meaning doctors who they didn't know any different, right? Right. Like that was the tool they had in their belt, you know. I know, and and for but, me, you know, libido is a big passion of mine. Fertility and libido are my two biggest passions, and my libido was destroyed from birth control. And when I went to the doctor for contraception, if I had been given the choice, I didn't know this at the time. If they had said, if they had given me true informed consent and said, you know, I'm about to start you on a birth control, which they should have never started me on because I didn't have high testosterone, but they gave me a pill. That's a classic one at reducing testosterone. If they would have said, I'm going to start you on this. But just so you know, it's going to destroy your libido because it's going to take away the hormone that allows you to have one. And it's going to cause all sorts of microbiome issues and nutrient depletions. And you might become an emotional wreck and, you know, have depression and numbness and all of that. But that's a choice that you can make. If Mm. you want contraception, this is what you are going to make. 
they, but they could say, or another option for contraception, if you feel it is in your ability, you could learn your cycle. You could learn to track your ovulation. You could learn to understand exactly when you ovulate. You could check your temperature. You could do LH testing. And if you think you're mature enough at this age in college, you know, to do that, and here's all of these resources on how to do that, that's another option for contraception. So it's your choice. You can track your cycle. You can take this pill. The side effects are this. But if you really don't want a baby bad enough, you just know that that's your option. I would have loved to be given that choice because I was mature enough. I could have tracked my cycle. I would have never needed to start birth control. And I wouldn't have had a over 10 year long low libido stent post birth control that caused painful intercourse that almost destroyed my marriage. Mm. And so it's like, you know, we think back on like these moments in our life and how impactful certain moments are. And the lack of informed consent for women and the lack of choices presented when there are choices is very frustrating to me because I wish I would have had a choice. It's tragic. And it, I mean, that's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why you Mm -hmm. have poured your heart into your podcast and all of the resources, incredible resources that you have, because we've both been on long journeys to heal Mm-hmm. ourselves in all these ways and to understand our interconnected nature and to have be able to we're both passionate about sharing this information with a larger audience because they deserve to know mm-hmm. they deserve consent they deserve deserve to be empowered and and I think I'm, I'm gonna push in a little bit to listeners just sort of like this is like a loving and hard conversation sometimes I think women take birth control, well, one out of fear, like fear mm-hmm. of like either not wanting to be pregnant or they're like too overwhelmed to like navigate this. But I just want to say you can do it. Like mm-hmm. when you feel ready, if if that if you're feeling anything nudging in you to want to learn more about this, I just encourage you to to take one step at a time. It is mm-hmm. so empowering when you learn from someone like Leah about all of these facets of your your design, because once you know it, it's not just about your period. It's so much more. Mm -hmm. It's about your energy. It's about how it affects your relationships, how it affects your libido, Mm -hmm. how it shows up in your day-to-day life. And this information can absolutely change your life if you're willing, if you want to know, Mm because I think some people don't want to know. Right. I think they're asleep and they're content Mm -hmm. because knowing can be overwhelming, but I'm just here to say like, that's why I'm so thankful for resources like what you offer. You helped me understand that first starting with like what food I'm eating and mm-hmm. how I'm nourishing my body. And I, I'm curious specifically before we jump to the next question about libido, I just want to ask about that. I'm going to ask the question that everyone's wondering, help us <laughs> right? Like for people who are listening and saying, okay, that's me. I know so many, I can just speak to the women I counsel. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, 80 to 90% struggle with low libido. Yeah. Why, oh why is that too common? Libido is so complicated. I will write a book on this someday. I'm about to create a course on it because it's such a harder question to answer than yeah. what can allow for in just a few minutes because yeah. everyone wants – it's okay, this is why – Yes, this is why we're in the position we're in in the world. 
is the answer to these questions is complicated. The answer to solving hormonal problems is complicated. It seems so much easier to just give someone a pill that shuts it all down. It is hard to solve fertility problems. It's so much easier to just, you know, shuttle someone through IVF, even though that's not guaranteed. So that's an illusion. You know, it is, everyone wants the like, what's the one supplement I can take that will like boost my libido. And those exist. And I can speak to those herbs. I know libido inside and out. There definitely are things that can help. The thing about libido is just like hormonal imbalance, just like fertility, it is dependent on your root cause. Mm-hmm. And your root cause might be very simple. You might have low testosterone. You might have low DHEA. And so those are the best libido cases because you just take some DHEA and then you feel great or you do the things in your lifestyle to improve DHEA and your energy improves and your libido improves. Everybody mm-hmm. wants libido to be a hormone imbalance mm-hmm. because Honestly, in the grand scheme of things, hormonal imbalances are actually way easier to fix mm-hmm. than the complex multifaceted layers that are sexual desire and libido. Because when we get into it, there's cultural programming, there's religious programming, there's shame, there's trauma, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. dynamics between you and your partner, there's masculine and feminine dynamics, there's you know past programming of just past experiences, there's lack of knowledge and education and knowing on both partner sides of how arousal actually works. There's the mm-hmm. porn industry that has influenced a lot of male and female minds as to how natural female arousal works and it's wrong. There's like so many facets. There's yeah. stress at play. There's, you know, the shutting off of the parasympathetic nervous system from the sympathetic nervous system of stress and overwork and you know, go, go, going and, and always being on and always being overstimulated. And so it's, it's so complex because everyone's picture is different. I had an incredibly complicated libido experience and why I know so much about it is because I have had to like unpack multiple, multiple, multiple layers and levels and pillars of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people are blessed to only have one pillar or, you know, a few. And so, yeah, when at the end of the day, what does it come down to? If I had to leave just a few tips, it would be outside of your root cause. If you can just spend more time quiet, more time connecting with your partner, looking in their eyes, connecting with them in their love language, connect, having them connect with you and in, in your love language blocking out time and prioritizing it in your life. And, you know, if you need some extra boosts, you know, there are libido boosting formulas like designs for health has a really nice one, like um, called libido F I think, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, doing trauma release work, doing mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, reprogramming of your brain might be needed. And so in those situations, if you're like, I've done all these other things, you know, there might be deeper layers to get into. Yeah. Um, someday soon it will all come out. Yeah. I cannot wait to read your book. And I feel like, and again, libido is, it's a whole nother department. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. A whole other department. It's a whole, we should, we could probably do a, another episode on that because yeah. I just feel like, I mean, I remember asking my OB 
a few years ago, like, in, you know, in the middle of having babies and pregnant and postpartum and all the changes and sort of like traditional answer of like, no, there's not really anything we can do. Well, I crap, know. I guess yeah. that's just like, this is just the way I am. And oh, so yeah. with, with all of these symptoms, right? Like I just want to empower women listening today. Like this doesn't define you, like Mm-mm. whatever your issues you're dealing with, whatever symptoms you're dealing with, like that's the biggest thing I hear from you is that you can feel empowered to know that you are the best advocate for your body. Like you have the power in your mind to make these choices, to learn, to be educated, to take small steps forward. Mm-hmm. And we're in a system that sometimes makes that harder. Mm-hmm. Our medical system, our environment. That was one other follow-up question I wanted to ask you really quick, because I know also how passionate you are about, you mentioned, um, the products that we use on our skin. Mm-hmm. Will you just mention briefly the documentary that you were in and yeah. why we need to consider what we're putting on our bodies? Yeah. So uh, on HBO Max, it's called Not So Pretty. And it's about, it's just a snippet of the different products because they cover hair, nails, skin, and um, gosh, I can't think of the fourth one. Hair, skin, hair, nails. I don't know. There's a fourth one. I'm in episode three about skin mm-hmm. and we're looking at our personal care product industry and the toxins that are used and how they impact our hormones, uh, our fertility, our, our hair, our, our, our brains, everything. My focus is more on the fertility piece, but the products that we choose to buy, the cleaning products, the laundry products, the shampoos, the conditioners, the deodorants, the perfumes, all of it, they come with toxic chemicals that are huge endocrine disruptors, meaning they disrupt that whole hormonal system, all of the messengers that we were talking about. And they can cause all sorts of issues from painful periods to PCOS, to irregular cycles, to heavy periods, to infertility, to thyroid issues, to cancer. I mean, there's a huge amount of information about them, but I would highly recommend checking out that documentary as a starting point. There's a few Mm -hmm. other documentaries as well that have come out to talk about that. And I have a lot of resources on my website for better products to choose and how to navigate that. And I also have a a little mini course about ditching the toxins. If you want to kind of learn how to do that in a step-by-step fashion without overwhelming yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you share a little bit more about your library of resources that's currently (laughs) available, even including freebies? And then also I know there are some things in the works too. Yes. So if you go to my website, womanhoodwellness.com slash free, you can see a bunch of the free things that I have there. I have a free favorite products guide on my website where you can kind of peruse some healthier uh, options for products. There's some great downloads that I have that you can get for free there. And then I have a course called Breaking Up With Birth Control, and I'm working on the fertility formula, which is dependent on your type. Well, there's an overarching fertility formula that that anyone can do, or you can get a customized fertility formula, depending on your unique types. You can take a free quiz at my website. It will tell you your type where you are currently along your womanhood journey and give you a custom formula, or you can shop that formula a la carte um, and just choose one step at a time. And so all of that is available at my website at womanhoodwellness.com. Yes. And I just want to put a little plug in. I have been through some of Leah's courses and she is the most thorough (laughs) in-depth teacher that you will ever have on any of these topics. And she's been really intentional. I've been able to 
to get a behind the scenes look at your process and how thoughtful you've been in making this information digestible, but also really deep. And you also just pour your heart and your intention Mm -hmm. and everything you do with your beautiful work. So I'm just so grateful for how you've changed my life. And Mm -hmm. if any of these things are resonating with you as you're listening, or you're just curious, at least at a minimum, check out her free resources, get on her list so that you can access this incredible information because you deserve to know about your body and you deserve to be empowered to make these choices as we're talking about today. Mm, Is there anything else that you just want to share? Just any kind of final words or less encouragement for listeners? Um, I just want to say that healing is possible. If no matter where you're at, you know, there were times in my life when I was at the deepest, darkest place thinking that, you know, I mean, period pain so severe, I I couldn't function intercourse that was so painful. I thought I was actually going to die infertility to the point where I didn't think we would have a family. And I'm now, after all the work I've done, after all the things that I have experienced, I am having my period right now. There's no pain. I have a beautiful baby girl outside of these doors and we're getting ready to have another. And we have the best sex of our entire life with no pain. Mm. And I just want to say, I know I'm N of one, but I've seen hundreds of patients. And I just want to tell you that healing is possible. Mm-hmm. It's all about getting to the root cause, connecting your mind, your body, and your spirit all together, really listening to your body. And instead of being angry at her, listening with compassion and, and doing everything you can to help her um, because your birthright is to be healthy and to have what it is that you came here for, what your spirit is here to do to the passions mm-hmm. that you're here for, the purpose that you're here for. And I wouldn't want your health to get in the way of that. And the best way that we do that is to just get in connection with, with all of that. And so I just, I want to give you hope, know that healing is possible and that you've got this. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that encouragement. And we will post all of Dr. Gordon's links below, including follow her on Instagram, Dr. Leah Gordon. We'll have her website here, the links to her courses and resources. And anything that you learn from her is well worth more than the investment. So thank you so much for being here and for your time and sharing your expertise with us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. See you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for sharing the space with me today. I want you to know that God sees you. You are loved, valued, and important. If this podcast helped you, it would mean so much if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and text or post a screenshot with your friends who can join our mindful movement of believers. Let's live intentionally as God designed life to be interconnected. I'm cheering for you. We are in this together, and I look forward to next time.